Ringer Dish is the place for all things celebrity, from major celebrity moments like the Met Gala and the Oscars, to the weird habits of the stars you love, to refreshers on the biggest tabloid stories from the last 20 years, Ringer Dish has all the vital details. On Tuesdays, catch Jam Session with Juliet Littman and Amanda Dobbins for Royal Family Rumors, Celebrity Real Estate, and Industry Analysis. And on Fridays, listen to Tea Time with me, Kate, and Amelia for lightning fast coverage on pressing celebrity news and gossip. Check out Ringer Dish on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Gentlemen, I would like to welcome you back to the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast because according to Benjamin Franklin, those are the only three things that are certain in life. But I'm going to tell you something else that's certain. We have arguably uh, one of the greatest guests that that we could have asked for on today's podcast episode. All right. Um, now, I've been getting a lot of requests from people for, 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 for different guests. Um, the last two weeks we've had, you know, some of the heavy hitters from the ringer on, we had Bill Simmons, then Juliet Littman, but I thought it was about time to really step things up. Now that I've gotten my feet wet in the podcast world, really step things up, take it to the next level and, uh, you know, just tantalize your ears, um, with, you know, with the, with the soothing sounds of, of our voices and all the other things we're going to bring. So Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, you may know this guest most affectionately by the name Ginger, Carrot Top, Rusty, Highlander, Yeti, Freckles, Lobster, When in the Sun, Copper Knob, but he is most famously Did you just read those known from <laughs> as Fire Crotch, Cherry, Candle, Fireballs, Ginger Nut, Ginger Snap, Fireface, Ginger Ninja. Cheeto head, fire muff, scarlet fever, hot head. Okay, red you dog. gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta Google. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's but as I, but you, but I love and know him by Bergie. Mm-hmm. Wes, welcome to the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast. It was only a matter of time before I arrived, <laughs> and I'm glad to come here and save yet another one of your projects and bring the <laughs> bring the ratings through the roof, make it possible for all these things that you do to uh, have some semblance of a life. So I'm here to save the day, <laughs> and I will take all jokes on the chin because I am a man. 
<laughs> jokes. Who said ginger nut was a joke? Dude, that's a serious medical condition. Now, listen, in all honesty, Wes, in the interest of full disclosure, Wes 2.0 was actually supposed to be here today. His name is Tommy, uh, but we couldn't get him. Apparently, he has a concussion, so he wasn't able to come. Okay, first what, off, what, what do you call him? Walmart, is, Walmart I, West? I call him all sorts of things, but Walmart West, Wish West, whatever. Like, uh, um, <laughs> point is, MTV is in lawsuit territory about like there's only supposed to be one redhead on the show allowed. Even if I take a season off, they have to pay me licensing rights to put somebody with auburn shaded hair on the screen, and they didn't, and they tried to sneak one under on me and. I'm actually personally offended, personally and professionally offended. I am too, dude. I mean, Wes, like there's only enough room on this show for one ginger. And the fact that they they brought another one. And here's the deal. If they're going to try and like replace you, or if they're going to try and pull like an okie doke, you, you can't do it with a guy that get that, that that gets injured in a swimming competition right out of the gate. I mean, come on, dude. That's your that's your specialty. I did love though that he came, he finished the thing with the concussion with no pants naked. on. <laughs> <laughs> Ass naked. You gotta, that might be a first. Yeah, that was that you gotta give him lots of credit for that. I felt bad for him. Um, I, I wish that they had caught him. Like, what do you think he, his, his head like maybe hit the side of the cave? Because I, I might have missed it, but I didn't see any injury, which just he shows yeah. up with no pants on. Yeah, because here's the deal, dude. If you get concussed, if you get concussed on a challenge, there's no way that you're you're swimming that far. And and I mean, he was he was damn near unconscious. The, the crazy part though is they still won their heat naked. I mean, maybe he went, maybe he was able to swim faster because he didn't have the drag of having having pants on. Exactly. Um, but uh, God, man, a lot of lot of injuries, a lot of nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. We had two nosebleeds this episode mm-hmm. um, due to separate circumstances. That was a pretty gnarly challenge, dude. I mean, that there was a lot that could have gone wrong there. I, I yeah, but like I would have been so much less scared to jump out of that that little thirty foot cliff and into the water than some of the other stuff that they've made us jump off of. Was it thirty feet? I, th- I believe 30 feet. It's when they start saying 50 and 60 all the time when it's really not even close. I mean, it's the equivalent of like a really beefed up high dive. Yeah. Um, and so, and how is it that Kyle, of all people who's been on how many things and done how much scary stuff, he can't jump off of a high dive? Do you know, do you know that Kyle, and this is really going off topic here. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows this already, but Kyle's a diabetic mm-hmm. and his uh, very first season, this goes to your point. How How is this guy not able to jump off of a ledge into water? Kyle's first season was uh, Vendettas, right? Mm-hmm. And he was afraid that if production found out that he was diabetic, he'd be eliminated from the show. So you weren't on that season, but it started off. It was called the Rock of Gibraltar. We had to run up a mountain. And Kyle had his... Uh, syringe, his diabetes syringe, and he stuck it up his ass. And he ran up the entire rock of Gibraltar and then proceeded to stay overnight standing upright in a cave only to run up the rest of the rock the next day. So he literally spent 24 hours with a diabetes syringe inserted in his anus. That he then proceeded to use for the rest of the month. And somehow this guy was scared of jumping off of a ledge. So yeah, I find that I find that a bit perplexing as and well. And still doesn't get last place and still has the time to flirt with Kara. 
Yeah. So you got to admit, like, he is a very impressive man in some ways. And that is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways. Um, Wes, so tell us what you've been up to lately, man. Since uh, since the last time we saw you uh, was last season. Um, unfortunately, they, they 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 turned the house against you early. You weren't able to, 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 to do the rookie rallying thing, which you usually do. And I wasn't there. All right. I think that's probably why. Um, you went home. I think you missed me. I think, I think after what we did together on total madness, um, I think you missed me, man. And I think that's what it was. I think you just, you, you couldn't be there w- w- without me next to you. I'll tell you what, by your side. I'll tell you what you definitely, what we did on total madness and you coming out on top and us basically stealing the show and then you not coming to share some of that attention with me and me just be basically I'm already have a big target. And then they were like, Oh, whatever extra inventory of big targetedness that we were going to put on bananas, we'll just put that on Wes as well. And so you, you just slid out at the best time. And I had to walk in there with like a really, really large target on my back. And I think that you being there, I don't even think you could have helped. I think you would have been targeted right from the beginning. It would have been you versus me in episode one. Um, and you know, it was just, it was a very frustrating, uh, challenge. And I would like the record to be stated. I am 100% forgiving all of my castmates for what they've done. I hold no ill will because they all decided to be very insulting and offensive towards me. So I just (laughs) am going to give a mulligan to everyone. Otherwise, um, I have no other, I have no other choice. So I am going to mea culpa. I don't care. I have moved on. And that's that. So grown up with you, man. What Wes, you've come so far. Even though I know everything you said is complete horse shit until uh <laughs> until, until the next season that you're on. But listen, man, what you just did there took me years and years beating my head against the wall to figure it out. It's like, listen, the the and I used to be like this when I first doing the challenges. I'd walk in day one and I'd draw a line in the sand. And, and I'd let everybody know where I stood with them. I'd be like, I'm not fucking with you, I'm not fucking with you, I'm not fucking with you. And it made my life so much more difficult because the best thing you can do is walk into a house. And if you hate someone, if you cannot stand someone, if you want nothing more than to put this person's head on a spike and get rid of them, uh, pretend like they're your best friend or just don't let them know where you're coming from. And it makes it makes uh, kind of like how me and you used to go at it, dude. It was like as as hard as we tried to pretend like we weren't going into a house, going at each other's throats. Um, it, there was no way not to, they're just, it was impossible. It was, it was literally impossible. Um, and I don't know why it took us so long to not, to, 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 I'll tell to you figure what, it though, out. There is a good strategy and I don't think we meant for this to be the case, but because you and I were so publicly against each other, we made everyone else feel comfortable with each other because they knew we weren't coming after them because we were coming after each other. And that ended up being very, very helpful. And what I also tell people sometimes is it was you and I like had time to mend our, our relationship a bit because we knew we were coming at each other's faces. So there was, if you're just like sitting around eating dinner with you, you could actually enjoy your company because it's like, I know you're going to vote for me tomorrow. There's nothing that I'm going to be able to do or say, so we can actually just enjoy this dinner. There's no paranoia about it. You're going to vote for me or I'm going to vote for you or whatever. Now contrast that with all the little 
little piss ants that that we surround ourselves with that sit in gray areas and do who knows what in their heads. You never know if they're going to turn on you. Um, and there was something freeing about knowing that you and I were going at each other, which meant that there was no, it, it was almost like the most trusting relationship in the house. Like I trust you to go, yeah. at, to go at me. So everyone else is in this gray area where they're going to eventually disappoint you. Whereas you just started out with disappointment, which is probably how you and Morgan have lasted so long. A lot of relationships I started with disappointment. But you know what? <laughs> Going to that point, Wes, so what you're saying is the relationship that, that, that you and I have been in has been the most trusting relationship either one of us has ever been in. The longest running, most trusting relationship. There is something to be said, and I'm not, I'm going to make this, it won't be funny, so you can stop. This, this is, there's, there's truth to that. Every relationship is, and every challenge relationship and every business relationship, it all has pros and cons. And there are advantages of instead of always looking for the next best thing to just stick with what you've got and, and exploit the good and fix the bad. And you and I stuck with each other and we had so much bad, but in 15 yeah. years, we fixed the bad. And so, you know, everyone else is running around trying to make new friends every season or whatever. And you and I just took the absolute worst relationship and worked on it for so long to where we had no other choice, where, where we just were like the poster child for like couples therapy. We really are. I think, I think we, I think they should actually do like case studies on, on, on what we did and what we went through and the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations of the Bernergi relationship. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We always say that, they, that they should do sociology experiments on the challenge. Wow. They should do a, we're chapter one. We are chapter one. Uh, and, and just one more point before we move on. I think the greatest thing about the way we came together in Total Madness, because it was almost like we cried wolf so many times on past seasons where it's like, oh, yeah, we're working together this season or, oh, Wes, get away from me. You're trying to, you know, what Wes is trying to get me in part of his alliance. We went on. And even if we were out front and in, in front of everybody's face, like, yeah, we're working together, people just couldn't believe it. They would not let it was almost like they would not let their their eyes believe what, what they were seeing. And what was so beautiful about that on total madness is everyone came into that season expecting you and I like, like old times to just go at each other and everyone could just sit back and watch the bullets whiz by. But once that didn't happen and once people realized that it was like, Holy shit, maybe this thing is for real. Like Wes just could have had a, uh, the opportunity to throw him in when the rookie started and he didn't, they panicked. And they didn't know what to do. And the greatest part was sitting back and watching all these people who came in with the game plan have to like think on the fly and uh, and, and make adjustments. And they just they just weren't able to. You know what I mean? They just weren't able to. It so was, it, was pretty it was it was beautiful. Like I I won that double elimination day, and I saved you. And then we like threw in all of our enemies, and they all went home, and they all broke their arms, and and yep. all the and every all the girls are mad because we sent home all their boyfriends, and it was just and everyone was so like bewildered. Um, but I'm telling, I'm telling you, it got under some of their skin so bad that dual interview stuff. And they can sit here, <laughs> they can sit here and they can say, what are you talking about? And, 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 oh God, we should have, I'm glad we did it. But from a game perspective, those egotistical cast members really hated that we had dual interviews.
Every second of it. Every second. I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually here. I'm actually hearing some tea uh, from what's going on right now in All Stars too. Well, I should be spilling this, but apparently a lot of the cast members there have have not a whole lot of nice things to say about uh, about you and I because you, I think that's you yeah. and me. Yeah, I think that's why. I think because there's apparently like the, the the room is set up with like uh, you know people like people's championships like winning, and I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of hating going on there, dude. So, but rightfully so, man. I'd hate us too. If I was on the outside, I would hate us too. All right. Well, okay. So that pisses me off. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I couldn't be, you and I couldn't be more well behaved in the last year. We're minding our own business. We're not doing anything. At most, we throw out in the occasional dad joke. We're so, we're so worried about hurting other people's feelings that the only t- people that we take out our great humor publicly on is each other. And yep. so, and they're just sitting around and they can't keep, our names out of their mouths. And it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like they're mad that, that we get all this attention. And then when we're minding our own business, doing other projects, they're constantly talking about us, getting us more attention. It's unreal, Wes. I mean, how does it feel? I mean, how does it feel to have so many people wish they could be you? It, um, it's actually a curse. And I really wish that I could take it back. And I wish that you and I could maybe have had way less success over the years. Um, You know, we're just too chiseled, too smart, too accomplished in and outside of the game. And unfortunately, like that level of success kind of as a byproduct in the eyes of the other challengers, it makes us like we don't qualify to be successful on the challenge nowadays. I know. And I hate that. But you know what, man? Which one of God's blessings would you deny, right? Now, let's get into let's get into this. He says, as much as I would love to sit here and stroke both of our egos for the next hour and a half, which we could both very easily you do. You promised me that that's all we would do. I know. I, I hate to break it to you, Wes, but we're actually going to have to talk about this episode. Oh, what? You broke a promise? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the first one ever. First promise I've ever broken to you, Bernie. Wow. Uh, listen, I, I had the con. Listen, I had to entice you into uh, onto coming onto this podcast somehow. So I figured I'm like, oh, well, listen, if, if I just bring him on and I just stroke his ego for an hour and a half, you know, Fulfill all these delusions of grandeur and talk about his 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 monster truck collection and his seventy businesses. Listen, I was about to stroke your ego, and then you had to go and like come for <laughs> come for my monster truck and my company. So um, I'm actually the biggest Death Taxes and Bananas podcast fan around. I've actually listened to both episode one and two. Wow. I am I am the only I'm the one. Um, and, uh, and I would say as the only person in that fan club, I would say that we've got two good episodes so far. So, Hey man, I wanted to have you on episode two, because I've always said you look like a number two, but, uh, you weren't available last week because dude, you're, you're doing, tell us about, tell us about the, um, the Patreon. And I don't know if it's too early to announce, but this other show you're doing. Well, okay. So I do Patreon recaps where I sit in front of my computer and I basically just call everyone on the cast, a bunch of idiots for what they do. And then I talk about who is like the funniest one of the episode and what would I have done? And I basically break things down and it's, um, it's a lot of fun. But I did have my main reason for not going on the last show is I filmed a business show in my city where I invited 60 startups from across North America to move into multiple mansions that I rented this summer. And we filmed the whole thing and turned it into this big like 
competition series, but for nerds, where all these startups competed in pitches and pop quizzes and, and consults and all this stuff. And they're graded, ranked and quantified. There's leaders, there's winners, and it's all being made into three full season docuseries that will be um, published here in a couple of months. Damn. So a show about nerds. So you were like right at home. I was right at home. Yeah. Just, I mean, you were just with your people. I love it, man. I can't wait to see it. Yep. And yeah, I'm pretty excited. It was a, it was a lot of fun and uh, I hope that we get to do it again, but I'm, I now haven't, I haven't seen it. So I'm very curious to see how it comes out, but we, I mean, we're talking, we had all the drama and uh, like good drama, your normal, good drama. Like there was lots like of what, like, like, Oh, Joseph stole my pocket protector and it's it, that's that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, kind of, but a, there's a lot of crying. There's a, just a lot at stake because a lot of these people have put everything that they've gotten to this stuff. And these were very challenging weeks in the sense that, that we, they were working 16, 17 hour days because we had to do the whole thing, but also we were on a TV schedule. So Jeez. they weren't used to it and there was in communal living situations and all. And so these humans broke down just like everybody else. And it was a stark reminder that, you know, the, and these were, these were authentic breakdowns. These were authentic tears. There was nothing manufactured. You put the right people in the right game and you press record from as many angles as possible, it's all going to happen. And it did. Sounds an awful lot like another show that we've been doing for way too long. Well, the problem is there's some new people who try and be the next Bananas and Wes. And sounds sounds a lot like the, the show we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it stinks. Like, cause I, I wish that people that want to get to where we're at just learn how to carve their own path. Because if they try and go down our path, they, they won't be able to make it happen. So they just need to do, go figure it, carve out their own kind of journey. You know what I'm saying? I, I actually, as, as optimistic as, as you sound, I honest, I honestly don't think it's even what we did and what we were able to do. I don't think would be possible in this day and age for a number of reasons. One, when we, when we first started our run on reality TV, we were like one of the only games in town. It was like us, big brother and survivor. Right. So, and our seasons of the real world, we were on for what, six months or how, however long it was. So fans got really got a chance to, 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 to get to know you and spend a lot of time with you and develop a relationship with you. And then after that, you know, on the challenge, it's like we man, I mean, 50, I mean, I've done 20 seasons. How many seasons have you done? I don't know. A lot. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're in obviously the teens, probably you're probably getting up close to where I was at Yeah. 15 years. Um, and because I feel like we didn't have the same competition with other reality television shows, the market's so much more oversaturated now. I just don't think that um, people are going to be able to have, uh, you know, that same ability. I mean, I wish them the best, but listen, man, God broke the mold after he made the, the after he made the two of us. And uh, I just don't think that that's going to, th th there's no way to, to replicate that, like you said, but Listen, getting on to uh, to this season of Spies, Lies, and Allies, you've watched, so you've watched all three episodes, I right? Have, yeah. Let me ask you this. As a seasoned veteran of the game, what do you think of the vet strategy thus far? Um, basically, drawing a line in the sand, rookies on one side, vets on the other. Um, I think that it's brilliant, but I think that they're all idiots. So this is what I mean by it. 
they're running around with facial expressions as if they invented something that had never been done or used before. And it's like the most innovative thing. They're calling the patent office and they're trying to get it all trademarked. And it's like, you fucking idiots. We have been trying <laughs> to explain this to you for the last five years that this is how the game is supposed to be played. But you narcissistic ego attention, like seeking people just have to deviate from that plan to get clout from people like you and I. And mm-hmm. your deviation has hurt you more than it's hurt us. Um, but it's also hurt us. And so it's like, I, I, they're all running around like they've just scored a touchdown. And it's like, you shouldn't be this proud. It shouldn't have taken you five years to learn what we have been doing for 10 years before you even started. Act like you've been here before. That, that That's my whole thing is, and I've always said this about like when you execute the perfect move or the perfect strategy, you kind of keep it to yourself. You almost play, this is, this is what, this is, you play CT's game where it's like, you just kind of sit in the background, drop a smoke bomb and you're just like, yep, that happened. I, not it. I'm, you know, cause it's almost like you don't want to take credit for it. Cause all that that does is it just highlights, it puts, it puts the target on you. The, the longer you can stay anonymous and in the background and pull strings you know, almost like the Wizard of Oz from behind the uh, from behind the curtain. Pull strings from behind the curtain and not let anybody know you're doing it. That, in my opinion, is the the most flawless, impressive game. Yeah. And I feel like these big brother kids, because they're not used to being in this position, it's almost like the prison is being run by the inmates right now. There's no prison guards, right? There really aren't. There's no like, there is a veteran presence there, but the veteran presence isn't sh- like really like showing the way it's almost like you have like these second, third tier quote unquote vets who are running the show now. And then you've got the, the, the true OGs, the Anisas, the CTs, the, 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 the nannies kind of sit. I mean, I, we can throw Kyle in there kind of sitting back and letting this new crop of vets, the big brother kids like run the show. And then, you know, they obviously have to talk about, Oh, the perfect executed plan, this and that. And it's like, it's like it's it's kind of painful to watch in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow, like what I just, a pain, what a great executed plan of getting rid of a strong rookie on episode <laughs> two. Like like wow, how innovative. Where did you come up with that? Yeah. Now, now I would be fascinated though this season, Wes, to watch what your strategy would have been because you are notorious for when you come into the house banding all the rookies together, and you know, being like their like ringleader and basically creating a Ponzi scheme okay, and promising <laughs> and promising everybody the same thing at a trip to the end. And even though there's four spots in the final, you somehow promise 16 people. There's, a lot, there's bring, a lot more spots bring, than that. Bring them all to the end. And it works every time. I would have been I would have loved to have seen. Would you have done that? Like what would your what would your strategy have been this season? Would you have would you have been the rookie wrangler? I would have felt out the uh um, the vets and if they would have given me eerie vibes because like the thing is like yes i'm a vet but i get under people's skin it's the success thing right like we've <laughs> it's, it's annoying and i know it sounds so stupid to even say but i'm no longer gonna allow them to gaslight me they are jealous of me like incredibly 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 jealous of me and they have the inability to look past that jealousy and so if i had felt that right then you want to know what I would have done? 
I would have been the ginger Pied Piper of all the rookies, and it would have been Wes leading all the rookies versus all the vets. Because the rookies need a voice, and they need they an organization because they had the numbers. Like, yep. they, it, it, yeah. it, it, all it needed was just somebody to come out and, like, organize them. The problem and what they're doing, the vets are basically at this point setting themselves up to have to go against, like, to, to literally have to where to, to, to go. Get, they're not going to have any layups. All right. Well, I guess you could say some 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 of the vets are sort of layups, but they're going to eliminate now all all these rookies who don't know how to play the game. And then they're going to be stuck, you know, going at each other. And, and I think and I think you're right where as great as this like vet alliance sounds, um, it's going to be tough, man, to, uh, to 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 ride that one to to the finish line. And like you said, there's these rookies are out here, and they are just desperate for leadership, right? Yeah. This is the other thing that 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 the show is missing. This is one of the reasons I really wanted to have have you on. Is whenever people ask me about about being on the challenge, they're like, "Oh, is the drama real?" Or is it? It's like I feel like I am a producer first and a cast member second. And and you are are are, are very similar in that regard where I'm not just looking at from day to day what is going to benefit my game, all right? How can I make it further? I look at it like what's going to benefit the show? What can I do to make the show better? And even if it's something that has absolutely nothing to do with the show, even if it's if it's a storyline you have to create out of thin air, it's almost like I'm forward looking enough as are you to be like this would be a great moment for example last season on total madness the jen leasy uh the note thing right where we basically that was pure art like walked her off a plank in the shark infested water yeah, right yeah and she like thanked us on the way down as she should have yeah. greetings earthlings <laughs> yeah. uh the us sticking uh uh Kayla's ex-boyfriend Mikey's picture on the ceiling <laughs> and decorating the room. And they gave us a whole queer eye spin-off vibe, which Dude. was exactly what we were going for. Like, and these are just a, a few of the examples. In the past, I mean, you've had your moments. Uh, you know, I did I, I did the note trick in the past. Even listen, when it comes down Dude, to me. One of my favorite ones was when at the peak of our hatred for each other was on X's um two and we're in we're on day like we're 36 hours in okay and and you know you and i are gonna go after each other we know it but i pull you aside in the living room and i'm like did you know that there's a guy here who's had sex with three of the women already <laughs> and you can immediately tell both of our guards are just let down <laughs> yeah. we're like we're not playing the game here because yeah. the story of what i just told and how do we blow this up in this poor man's face in the biggest way possible jg J. yes Th that became ultimate like the immediate default alliance for the night if not longer if we were going to exploit it longer and so it's like the game went aside and producing a tv show was way more fun um and there was there's lots of situations like that where you and i have created these scenes and that are that were a lot of fun to do so it's not like fake but uh definitely had the viewer in mind and this is what I said on the first episode I did with Bill is I feel like in a way that's what's lacking right now. Okay. And, and when you have this much, when you have this many rookies, when you have this many people who have never been on the challenge before, right? You almost need those embedded producer cast member types to basically like show them the ropes. 
if you're just kind of sitting back and you're not talking, you're not having any discussions and you're not and you're not playing the game and you're not turning up and you're not getting rowdy and you're not doing crazy shit, they're not going to because they're just going to follow your lead. I've noticed on past seasons, if on day one, the vets start either hooking up or drinking or whatever. It's like all the rookies then just kind of fall in line. They're like, okay, this is this is what they're looking. They're like lemmings, right? And it's like, here, let us help you walk off this cliff. Let, let's, let us show you how to do it. And I think up to this point, there's one thing I could say about, about the vets up to this point. It's like, man, they're not they're not really uh, 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 showing them how to be, you know, the 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 worst versions of themselves yet, and I think it's well, it's kind of a shame. What sucks is like they're playing; they're all playing the game too well. Like, let me explain yeah. how to play the game in a couple of sentences. Don't ever say anyone's name. Vote with yep. the house. Shut the fuck yep. up. Sit in the back corner. Don't make any waves. Be nice to people. Move around rooms. Tell jokes. Tell stories. Don't talk game. And if you do that. Then you're yep. going to get to the end. But what used to happen to people like that is they wouldn't be cast on the next season. But for whatever reason, we're now getting these people that are playing that way. These really clean on paper games is coming off as not a very clean cast member. And it's just frustrating to watch because, um, you know, I'm watching all these things to where it's like they're getting alley-ooped balls and they just refuse to jump up and dunk it. It's, and I'm sitting back just like, Oh my God, this would have been perfect. Why did perfect. you not just blow this up? Like the writing is on the wall. Yep. And, and, and so why, why are we, why are we not doing this? And, um, and, and, and it's just, it's just kind of frustrating to watch because I just see some missed shots. So what you're saying, Wes, is what the show is lacking is, is, is our presence and leadership either that or for somebody, other people to, I mean, no one's going to be able to fill our shoes. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Um, but, but yeah, us, like we would totally like, we would, we would put the show on our backs and ride it all the way to the finish line. I would have been stirring the pot day one, oh, day one, especially here's the deal, especially if there's this whole veteran Alliance thing and everyone's on board that it's like, we're going to stick together as veterans. It's like, you could fuck with the other, the rookies as much as you want. You could, you, you could do it and, and, and have no fear of that necessarily, you know, coming back, coming back to harm. And to even harm, if it you know? does come back to harm you, it's like, we're not there to play perfect games. Like yep. if we were yep. there to play perfect games, you want to know what I would do is I would just start becoming a triathlete. Like, like, okay. <laughs> I, I train for a race. I go do a race. I like, I do it in the privacy of my own home. Like we're on MTV. We're not on, um, PBS. And that needs to be noted. And I want people to understand that MTV, we have a responsibility to, 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 that's a very important big brand and we need to act accordingly. Exactly. Yep. You have to be the worst version of yourself, man. These, they're, they're just not taking enough chances. You know what though? Like you and I aren't necessarily being bad people when we walk gently off the plank. And that's not even necessarily all that bad of a game move, but it's like, yeah. but, and it wasn't inappropriate. It wasn't all that mean. We didn't cross any sort of lines. It was just all good hearted humor. And why are we not seeing any of that? Like none of it. Like, where is that? We're three episodes in and I haven't seen the closest that we've got was this episode. And it, don't get me wrong. I chuckled my little heart out of Nelson's little um, boot camp. Nell Nelly T's boot camp. That was amazing, but it wasn't a Jen Lee thing. Because he, yeah. all he did was like shake his head and then they put some graphics on it and 
they played Ain't It Kinda Don't Want None from Sir Mix-a-Lot, which is more of an editing. The editors did the 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 donkey, not the cast member. Um, I will tell you one thing I was really happy about this episode. Mm-hmm. What? Not having to listen to uh, Bettina laugh. You see, I, yeah, I, I disliked that so much that I kind of liked it. All right. So the, the way last episode ended, Emmy chooses your boy, Devin. Mm-hmm. The what, number one what draft is, pick. What's going on here? Is there something that – what am I missing here? Okay. So I'm going to say one thing that's really complimentary and one thing that's kind of insulting. So if Devin's listening and I hope he's not, then it's a wash. Okay. The complimentary part is Devin is very much so ingrained in the Veterans Alliance in a lot of different ways. He's really good with um, with both genders. He comes from the Are You the One side. He also, through off-season, that he found some – um, some common ground with Josh, a lot of common ground. They basically both like to day drink is what it boils down to. And they've, uh-huh. they've built a friendship on that. I'm a little disappointed that he's gotten rid of it. Cause I think that was the one thing that really a lot of fans got behind last season. Yeah. Because I think a lot of fans dis I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, dislike some of the, the, the big brother editions and the fact that he was like anti big brother it was it almost like gave fans something to root for. And now all this that didn't last very long. Do these people not know how to create rivalries that withstand the test of time? Yeah, I don't they they I, I don't know the answer to that. I think that they saw your and I's last chapter and they think that they can go from chapter one to chapter twelve like immediately, and they forgot that there was eleven chapters of exploitation of each other that we milked for a, building up. Yeah. You gotta build it's like a story, man. You can't go from the beginning. To, to, to the end, there's the whole middle yeah. part, the yeah. climax and the tears and the, and the, and, and the drama. Yeah. We're like, we're like a really great, like 400 page novel. novel and they're like a goosebumps chapter. We're like war and peace. And they're like the cliffs notes of war and peace. It, it, that would be far too complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're like, we're like, what is, I hope they serve beer in hell. Mm-hmm. And they would be like Horton. Here's a who. Okay, I don't know what that any of that means. Okay, well, that's the extent of my that's the extent of of my literature reading. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> okay, let me. I want to break something down here though, um, okay. because I don't want people to get it twisted that like we don't like what what this season looks like or we don't like the casting choices. Because as far as yeah, I'm we're concerned, just hey man, we're just hey, it's constructive criticism. We're also look at them like little brothers and you're supposed to rip on your, your siblings. You're supposed to, it's just like the, how it works. And so if I wasn't a, like the big brother of the, of the, of the show, then I would be watching this totally enamored by what they're doing and think that it's great. It's just, I want more from them. Um, because, because I see better because I see potential. We just want, listen, all we want is for them to be better. Listen, here's the deal. This is the way that I explained it. I'm like a, I'm like a parent. All right. I'm like a protective parent and I want my kid. All right. I want my kid to strive to be the best and win a trophy. I don't want them getting the participation trophy. And I feel like there's a lot of participation trophies out there right now. There, There are, there are. Um, all right. So. Now, when we get into this episode in the beginning, so we, so, um, Kells, unfortunately went home. I, I was really pulling for him. All right. I think Kells, I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm only pulling for him. I feel like, cause I wasn't in the house with the guy because that guy, he's the real deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was very impressive last episode when 
Fessy had all the power, all the power, and was trying to get him to bend the knee, and and he and, and he wouldn't do it. I heard you saying that you were impressed, and on one end, like that is that is impressive because it, it says that he picked a strategy and stuck with it and manned up to it, but it was the wrong strategy. I get it, but here's the thing: I don't think it. He was going in regardless. Yeah. That that was happening 100%. So at least go in with your head held high. You know what I mean? It's The worst is when you cut a deal with someone, when somebody wants to make a deal to save you, and you do, and then they, and you still get thrown in. And you're on camera, you know what I mean? Like, like looking like you gave in when, you know, I'd rather go out with my head held high. That's why... I, if I feel like I'm getting sent in, I don't Paul, I don't run around the house and, and, and try and save myself. I don't do that because I don't want them on camera with that. I think he could have gotten away with getting out of it though. And I don't because here's what here's what my argument would have been if I was Kels is to and I think this is kind of what Fessy might have been broaching, is basically like you and I are both the big scary guys. And therefore, anyone who's scared of big scary guys, their sights are gonna be set in two different directions and that fear is going to be diluted amongst two different people. But if one of us leaves, then everyone's fear of the big scary guy goes to that one person. And so they're each other's shields. I don't know because here's the, here's the difference though is Fessy was in game wise was in a much better position than he was. So I don't think he was looking at it like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, it, I would have, I would have made, if I was Fessy or Orkels, I would have made that deal. I would have promised them all trips to the finals. Yeah, well, I think he knew the writing was on the wall, and they 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 already had their sights set. But anyway, who do you think who do you think would win, Kels or Fessy in a hall brawl? I don't know, man. Just for I don't I don't know. I think it would be a great matchup. I mean, maybe Kels only because I mean, I was a little when I saw Fessy go into a, a hall brawl against Nelson. Like he had a he had a very tough time against him. Now, don't get me wrong, Nelson is. I mean, the guy just is is. You know, when it comes to stuff like that, I mean, he's he's a really strong dude. But I don't know, man. It would have been a, that would have been a, a great matchup. Something fans want. Something fans want to see. Yeah. Um. So Tori's boo has left. All right. Mm-hmm. She can finally focus on the game. Yeah. All right. I think she went into last last ep, last episode saying, "Listen, I want to. I'm here to play the game. I'm here to focus on the game." That didn't last very long. Yeah, I'm sure that she's going to be clear headed, sexually speaking, for the rest of the game now. Well, I mean, she's already. I mean, the, the the episode starts off with her and Ed laying in bed together, and her saying, "Her and Ed, we should." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ed. Yeah. From the circle, Ed. Yeah. Okay. Who I actually, I'm surprised how much I like this guy. Yeah. I was not at first, but. Um, yeah. Normally, you don't me, like that kind of guy. He reminds me of a cross between uh, Hunter and Kahuta. Yeah, that's. But uh, yeah, so episode starts off with Tori and Ed laying in bed together, basically saying they get to, they need to get to know each other. So. Mm. So that that didn't last for. I mean, that whole plan didn't last very long, did it? Hey, you know what? More power. She's there, and so therefore she's doing a good job. Like the that's that's all that matters. The the, the thing about the challenges, everyone's just treading water. No one's got a boat. No one's got a life jacket. Just just don't die, and that's the name of the game. And she she she's alive. I'm I'm somewhat perplexed. All right, by the amount of. I guess like distrust towards Big T. All right. Cause she's arguably one of my favorite people of all time. Like, I mean, from just, you know, just from a, an entertainment perspective alone, like just having her around is, is fantastic. And it's weird because 
Her and Fessy on Total Madness, and I mean, I, I get there's been a season, a season in between, but on Total Madness, they were like besties, dude. They shared a bunk. She'd wear his his, his right, slippers. I'm gonna so- give you a th- I'm gonna give you a theory, and you tell me if you think I'm correct. Okay. I think that there was well, only distrust started this episode, and the only thing that's different, the independent variable about this episode versus other episodes, is Tori was in power. Tori wants revenge for what happened to her in the previous season. And so Tori and some of her friends are notorious for the whole, um, like say, Oh, you're making deals with everybody when they have yeah. no idea who's making deals with who they're just going to, you had a good tweet. You had a good tweet about that, by the way. Yeah. Whoever says, um, you're, you're making deals with everyone in the house tends to be the one making deals with everyone in the house. And so Jordan's done it and Josh has done it and Tori's done it. So that group kind of has the same argument over and over and over again. And I think that Tori just made up that argument because we don't see big T making deals with anyone zero people she doesn't know how to i mean that's the, that's the beauty about that's what's great about her i remember on total madness when she when she was in power she had no when we won uh the um the ice bath challenge and she's like what do i do now i'm like big t you gotta now use this power and you gotta go around and you gotta scheme <laughs> and it was so cute like watching her go around and try and like be like well what are you gonna do for me and everyone just kind of played into it so yeah and, and my thing is like i don't necessarily see I don't see how they could see Big T as like a threat that well, they need they, to get rid of. That's why they didn't. It was just Tori. And yeah. and then every time that Tori tried to convince someone of that, then they just basically called her out to her face. Like she's sitting there with Kyle and Kyle's like, yeah, but this would be yeah. going against the Bet Alliance. And it's like, what are you talking about? And so her thirst for revenge is what made that a talking point at all. But ultimately, she made the right decision and stuck with the vets. Um, but mm-hmm. she could have made a sloppier, more entertaining decision and thrown in Big T. <laughs> yeah, would it? I don't think it would have been that entertaining. I think it would have been sad. It would have been bad. It would have been sad. She made the right decision, though. Now, sticking like on this topic. Now, I know that Tori went in and she approached uh, Tasha and basically said, "Who do you want to go against? I'll, I'll give you who you want to go against." But she never fully said, do you have a problem with the way that conversation went? Because it's not like she said, who do you want? I'm 100% giving that person to you. Yeah. She kind of was like, I'll do my best. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I get why, I guess, you know, when, when you lose, I mean, you're heated. Um, but I mean, what, what, what's your take on that? You know, I think we're, we might be missing some context. So it kind of depends on how the rest of that conversation went. Cause they obviously can't show us everything. We get to see 1% of that conversation. It depends on what Tori said at the beginning and the end of that conversation. All we saw is kind mm-hmm. of the middle part where she's like, okay, so who would you like? Um, but based on what we said, Tori did not cross any lines because she did not promise. She just was fishing for information and other challengers have to be aware that anytime you say a name in any capacity, it is a risk and, um, and nothing is guaranteed. And normally when you're asking for someone to say a name, you're kind of trapping them so that way you can spill that beans to somebody else. And so Tasha maybe made a strategic, um, mismove by saying anything, but there's also a chance that what was vote that was edited out was it was more implied or actually spoken, hey, like, I'm going to make this happen for you. And I didn't understand why she didn't, like, take her up on that. Because she asked for another rookie so who was good. So why not just give her what she said? Because then you could blame it on, hey, Tasha asked for Michelle. 
So then now her hands are clean regardless because Michelle would be mad at Tasha. Tasha's not mad at Tori. Tori doesn't break the Vet Alliance. Tori, I mean, it didn't make sense why she then, she's now burning bridges with who knows how many people. I I feel like if these rookies know what's going on, if they know that the vets are trying to target them, I, I don't know, man. If I was Tasha, I, I I probably wouldn't have said anything because then, like, you're right. All you're doing now is you're potentially putting the target on your own back with the rookies by falling into, like, the vets' plan and exactly what they're trying to get them to do. Or, like, if you want to be absolute, like, armchair quarterbacks about the whole thing, what Tasha should have done is ask for Big T. Because it would have been exactly what Tori wanted to hear and it would have given her an easier opponent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry ice tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so the challenge itself, be, I mean, we, we kind of sk- skip forward because obviously we know now that 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 Tory um, and uh, Ed won. The challenge itself, what you th- what did you think about the challenge? I liked it. All right, I thought that there was a lot of cool elements to it. I thought here's what I here's what I hate: diving with what with, with life fests. Yeah, all right, that that's what should have been the equalizer in this because it always is. There's something about people just don't like going underwater, and that's why every time. We show up to a a challenge that involves submerging yourself and diving. I'm always like, I've got a great shot at winning this. I'll be top whatever, one, two, three, because it's incredible how many people are afraid of going underwater. And I think by adding the life vest, dude, it shouldn't have been that. It, it should not have been that easy. That should have been the equalizer in this. Yeah, I thought it was a it, it was a very well designed challenge, and it looked cool. It it checked off a lot of the the boxes that I look for when kind of like auditing what makes a good daily. And I think that this one checked off a lot of things. I have to say, Huey is one of my favorite people. Oh, all right. Oh yeah. Um, I think the fact that he's paired up. Uh, with Ashley makes it even funnier. Yeah. He had no idea what he was getting himself involved to. And I mean, a- involved with, and I just love it. I mean, the guy's like, before he even starts the challenge, the guy's puking all over himself. Yeah. So, you know, it's not fake. Like that's like real puke. Like he's so, real puke. he's so scared to jump off a high dive basically that he pukes. Like what is. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then, and then I don't know if you caught this, but right after he's done vomiting, Ashley kisses, kisses him on the mouth. I saw that. Oh, <laughs> Well, she's been kissing Nelson, so <laughs> so, <laughs> so she can she can kiss a vomit breath, Huey. And then after all that, she's talking, you know, getting them gassed up. She gets out. She gets outpaced by Anissa in a swimming contest, which I thought was um, 
<laughs> which I thought was interesting. Um, and and we knew this was going to happen at some point. Tasha and Jeremiah, they're around. I mean, that was just magical. Tasha almost drowns her partner. That was very dangerous because that's how you die. Um, <laughs> is like, and she was literally like using, like pushing him underwater to try and get some sort of buoyancy, and it, that doesn't work. That's not how. That's literally how people drown. Um, is is getting pulled under by other people, and that that should have been stopped by some sort of a ref, like immediately. Yeah, the, the ref, the, the underwater, yeah, the underwater ref should have, well, they should have had stopped a, they that They had one. a safety guy in a boat. We saw him um, come and save them eventually. That guy should have been a lot closer, a lot sooner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, we all know from from, from past challenges, it's, they're not, the, the, the medical staff isn't always right where you need them to be when you need them. On double agents, I had to, I was watching, um, Michi, Michi's dying in the water. He's drowning because he's anemic. He's cold. He can't swim. I'm like, I'm yelling at the refs who are sitting there with like buoys. They just don't want to get cold. So they're waiting until the absolute last second to jump in the water. And I have to run down the coast and jump in the water and pull him to the shore because he was dying. And it's like, they, I think we really do need to have some, there are certain things that need to be checked off before you should be legally allowed to go on the challenge and being thrown into a, a safe pool to prove that there's a bare amount of swimming capabilities feels like it should be a no-brainer you got to be able to uh, listen you have to be able to doggy paddle yeah. okay you have to if you can't doggy paddle you're in the wrong line of work yeah um i gotta say you're uh you're your doppelganger, Walmart West. We talked about earlier. He had a tough go. Yeah, poor guy. But he had a I real, think a real tough go. Any bad things that happened to him on the challenge, though, I'm here for because he <laughs> the MTV tries to 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 have him take over my spot as like a temporary like hold in. Like the fans aren't going to notice that someone that is dramatically inferior from a comedic standpoint and athletic standpoint and intelligence standpoint is just like holding my spot. He's like the kind of guy that you would hire to like stand in my spot while I go to the bathroom while filming something like he's my stand in. So that way they can keep framing the shot while I go get like some, you know, some food or go to the bathroom or something. But they tried to do that for an entire season and it's coming back to bite them in the ass. Yeah, he, he's probably also the guy that like, I mean, if you weren't married, if you were just having, you know, intercourse with a random girl, she'd probably want to stand in in your, in your place as well. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was curious, do you have any more Walmart West jokes or any more things to defame being a ginger just in general? Well, I, no, I was just going to say this. This has nothing to do with with his freckly uh, nature, but you never want to get seen by a medic. All right. That's just. It's a big no-no in the game because any, listen, unless you are like, know you're going to die, you never, you're now putting your fate in the game in the hands of the medics and they always err on the side of caution. Once it's in the medical, per, once it's in the doctor's hands, you have no control. I've seen people go home because they had a cold. Yeah. So not that I guess he had, he had much of a choice because he, he literally washed up onto the beach ass naked, yeah. but, um, you never want to see, be seen by a medic, but I mean, getting seen by a medic com with, with your with, with your with your dick out. And they had 
They obviously had the little smudgy thumbprint over it, but I can only imagine being in cold water. It probably wasn't the greatest look. So wasn't a good showing for, for Walmart West, dude. If, if, if Target West, though, was washing up on that beach, they would have need a bigger graphic to cover that fucking ginger schlong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's that. Second off, you want to know what probably happened to this, this poor fourth grade teacher? He probably went into the hospital afterwards and he did the absolute last thing that you're supposed to do which is tell the truth. If you walked into that hospital and you were like, honestly, I feel completely fine. I don't know what everyone is talking about. I remember everything. Everyone is making such a big deal out of it. Like like if you want to get through that, you can. Now, is it dangerous? Of course. But you can't tell the doctor the truth because you know what the the prognosis is going to be. Because what incentive does a doctor have to give you the clear, like it's easier for their medical license to just say, nope, I don't think that it's a good idea. There are risks. Um, and it's, and versus there's, if he's like, oh yeah, well, it's probably only a 10% chance that you're going to die. Then if he does die, that doctor could get sued. So they're always going to tell you no. That's why the colds and the stub toes and all this kind of stuff. This what you, if you really care, don't go to the hospital. Yeah. That's why I had to have Kyle shove that thing up my ass on total madness. Rookie mistake, man. Yeah. Rookie mistake. You never listen, people. All right. This is bad, bad, bad advice in general. <laughs> don't, but. <laughs> listen, don't ever go. Do, always refuse medical attention. All and, right. And when medical attention is forced on you, lie through your teeth. Yeah, exactly. That's the best advice I can give. Yeah. I mean, listen, dude, I, I, I got to say, I know I said this earlier. Uh, Ed is, is just a lot more impressive than I thought, than I thought he was going to be. And I think a lot of that comes from, he just has this like air bottom where it's like, he just doesn't give a fuck. And that's, what's great. He's there. He knows why he's there. He's there to play a game. I always hate when people, especially rookies show up and it's like, why are you sending me in? Why me? It's like, because you have never been on this show before because we need to throw somebody in. We want to see like you prove yourself. We're not going in. We've spent way too much time here and he just owns it. And I've, and I've said this in the past. I was not surprised going into that elimination last week against Kells that they came out on top because he went in with the right mindset. And you know, as well as I do that mindset going into an elimination is everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so him, you know, him and Tori winning this, uh, winning this challenge, not a huge surprise. Um, I thought the voting was, uh, you know, when they're in the, the 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 deliberation room, I thought the voting was, I mean, it wasn't obviously as exciting as it was last week. Um, but do you think they made the right, you, th- you think they made the right call? Yeah. 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 I, you know what I, I haven't been tuning into, but I hear that they're showing the exact votes on like the YouTube, they are. The YouTube after show. And I think that, Oh, I don't know. I thought you meant the iPads. Um, yeah. So the, whatever the like behind the scenes thing that's going to, that airs like after the show or whatever, they show who's everyone's like exact votes are. And that's where the riffs in next season are actually going to start where they thought they were getting away with some sort of a private vote, but really, they're, you know, they're, they're just getting showcased for who they are and what they're doing. I love that right out of the gate too. This is what always annoys me. All right. In, in, in nominations, when the person comes out and is like, Oh, we should like, let's everybody give ourselves a pat on the back. You guys all killed it out there. You know, and Tori kind of comes out being like, we should all be proud of ourselves. And Ashley's just like, let's fucking cut the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Who's the name? Yeah. Throw it out there. Like let, let's let's get let's get into it. I dude. like um, I I, ch- I chalked that one up. That was a good one. That was good. Um, again, Big T get Big T's name getting thrown around. Um, really made my heart hurt. Yeah, because it's like there's literally no reason to go after her because not only is she so nice and so fun to be around, but she's also never going to beat you in a final. So yeah. it's like what but what like strategic or personal motivation could you possibly have for wanting to get rid of Big T? And now that she did, now that she doesn't have. Uh, Wait, is she she lost her partner, right? Because Tommy was her partner. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Is it's like that's a, that's a huge unknown. You throw her, and you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, do you think? I, I guess back up a tiny bit. Do you think it was smart for Ed to allow Tori to do all the politicking, or do you think he should have taken more of an active role in that? Yeah, you know, it, it's it, we're very much so armchair quarterbacking it because we're watching the some of these rookies like kill their own game in slow motion because we can kind of see the writing on the wall and where this is headed. And the, their, what is the word subservience? Is that the right word there? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 They're being subservient to their, to their partner. Yeah. And so that, and to the, just the vets in general, whereas if they would all just form their own collective kind of thought process and then they would actually have all, if not half of the power. And it's just weird to watch them all, just kind of give in so easily if i was a rookie or i'm sorry if i was a vet i'd almost want my rookie partner to do some of the politicking that way it's not all on me yeah because that's because the way that this goes down this vote goes down the nomination when when tory and and uh ed well when tory first approaches approaches tasha and is like i'll give you whoever you, you know who do you want that's probably who we're going with then when she throws in berna that's all on her, dude. Yeah. That all that all now comes down on her. And Ed's just kind of able to just kind of like sit there and be like, hey, I just kind of, you know. So in a way, in a way, it was almost kind of smart on on, on his behalf because he got she got all the smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but dude, how about I mean Coriel getting getting nominated to go in and then the guys getting to take the day off? I that sucks, dude. I mean, that's just when you say someone's name. You know, and, and production does that on purpose. Dude. Production course. does that to put you in an uncomfortable spot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm here for it. I think it makes for a great show. Yeah, um, I feel bad for Coriel though because it's like now, like, why is he getting? Why, like, why was he chosen? That's what is kind of like. What What is the rationale? Aren't there other other people? Maybe like why? Like, well, what? you know how you know how it works. Usually, once one person gets picked on, once once person one person gets sent in, yeah. It's easier to just keep throwing the same person in than 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 come up with someone new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm 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 falling for that guy. I like him and I I think it was risky. Like as a fan, I don't want him being thrown in. I want to see more of him. The other thing I'm a little confused about this was I, I thought that you nominated a pair. I didn't realize I, I I guess I haven't been watching close enough. You don't you nominate individuals. Yeah. So at first I was thinking, I was like, all right, obviously it's smart if you're if you're a rookie or if you're a, yeah, if you're a rookie to, to steal a vet partner, um, that way you'll be protected, but there's, that's not even the case. Yeah. So what I don't understand is why does it matter then if you're a rookie, rookie team? Cause everyone's like, Oh, well they're a rookie, rookie team. Let's, let's target them. But 
it doesn't matter because you're not going in as 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 a, as a pair anyways. It's all just it's all just the arbitrary line in the sand that the vets have drawn, so that way there's a clear understanding of who is leaving and in what order. Because um, if they had kept it, if they're like, listen, you can kind of go after any rookie that you want, it would be scary because then you're like going after like vets partnerships and all this kind of stuff. So I think, I think it would have made it. I think it would have actually made it a, a, a little better because here's what's going to end up happening, dude. And I think. Listen, man, I know they don't like doing production talk, but I think production is going to be kicking themselves a little bit because this is exactly what's happening. They're 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 just going to pick off the rookies one by one, whereas if they would have paired vets and rookies up, it would have changed the entire dynamic yeah. of the voting. Well, that's how it, it felt like it started. And um, but, you know, I'm I, I, I just don't know whether or not the vets are going to be able to hold on for dear life that much longer. And it would still take a lot of coordination to keep them from turning on each other because there are some snaky, attention-seeking idiots in that vet alliance. <laughs> and so why they they might they're going to have to turn on each other eventually and someone's going to take the shot sooner rather than later. And then once that ha- happens, then, and, and, you know, some of them are going to want to like pick up all the rookies as free agents and make like a little mini army. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's good. Listen, man, I don't know how long they're going to be able to hold this thing together, but, um, it's entertaining to watch so far. Um, real quick, the elimination, what, what, what jumped out at you? I mean, here's the one thing I would say with eliminations like this. And again, this is the first time that, 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 that either one of these girls, um, has ever done anything like this, but just from an outside perspective, you know, going in, when you look at that, at that apparatus, it's not going to be as easy as it looks. You know what I mean? It's not just, it's not as simple as let's build a ladder and climb up. You know, that it's going to turn in, turn into like, uh, 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 you know, uh, an endurance competition. Cause you're going to have to climb up this thing multiple times Yeah, and you want to rush out of the gate. I've been there before too. You're like, Oh my God, it's a race, but it's almost like if you're racing the other person, you can only go as fast as you can go. And that, and that's the mistake they both kept making is I feel like they kept spending all this time looking at what the other person was doing in their progress. And they kept on falling where, yeah. you know, slow and steady, man, take your time. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I thought that was like a missed shot there was it was there's a small part of that game and just like every game that is a puzzle, no matter how athletic looking it is that we're being challenged to, there's kind of like a who can figure out the shtick first. And the shtick was um, you have to put the poles in the right order because they're different lengths. Exactly. And if they would have taken just an extra 20 seconds at the very beginning and set them out and set them out. And it's not like, yep. it's not like a true puzzle where you're going to take like maybe 10 minutes to figure it out on the ground. It's just, which one's longer. And yeah. so you get yeah. every, all of them to line up on like your left side. And then from there on, it's really, I'm talking 20 seconds max. And then you just put them up in order of shortest to longest. And now there's no guessing because they were moving stuff around and, yep. and things were falling. And it's like, that was just really sloppy. Yeah. Um, Berna, I mean, lets everybody know that she was in the circus. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Which, I which by the way is, is probably what turns Nelson on so much. You know what? Speaking of which, yeah, <laughs> I, I just can't believe, I mean, his statement at the end, come to Papa, he's keeping the bed warm when, when she's coming back. Oh, I, I had another one of Nelson's that I like better. I like the, hey, Berna, keep working the pole. And then I thought back to how many times 
when he, when he was managing that strip club, how many times do you think he gave the exact same advice? You, you know, like, hey, fill in the blank, girl. Just keep working that pole. Just one more pole. Like, there's one more dance we're about to cut. Like, like what? That's a little. That's a little insider baseball for everyone out there who doesn't know. Nelson used to work at manage a strip club. Yeah, he was like uh, a big deal in the strip game. Man, what a guy. Um, uh, yeah, that's. I'm. So I'm actually just shocked at how at how well Ashley has kind of taken this obvious, this obvious blatant form of disrespect. Berna just stealing her man right out from under her. Oh, I loved all the reaction shots. Like every time Berna would do bad, then she would like look good. Uh, and every time she would do well, she would look scared. It's like, yeah, Ashley is just like literally falling for Nelson right now. And I'm so here for it. I am beyond here for it. That this is, this is the, this is the disaster that we needed, which brings us, Wes, this is one of the reasons why I I, I wanted to have you on. Uh-huh. Wes loves his tea, but Wes has actually coined his own phrase for it, which isn't <laughs> even tea. What, what is it? What, what do you call it, Wes? Lava. It's lava. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to do, I want to start doing a segment on here. I want to call it tea time, right? You should call it, la- um, you should call it lava time. Lava time? Yeah. Well, so you're on it. We're going to call it lava time. All right, where do you want to start? I, 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 I mean, since this is still kind of like fresh, mm-hmm. the um, Kells, Fessy, Josh, uh, that's still alive and well, okay? Because apparently Josh is still um, trying to justify uh, why he sent Kells in for running around the house and 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 making deals with everyone, which, like you said. Who doesn't do that? Yeah. All right. And even Josh admitted he lied in his interview. So it's, yeah. it's not, it's now like full blown gaslighting. Like that's exactly what Josh did. So not only has Kells now called out Josh and Fessy on the show, but he has now tweeted, he tweeted out his to do list the other day. Kells did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have not seen this. So this you is haven't a... seen his to do list? No. Here's his to do list. Okay. Go food shopping. One, <laughs> yeah. two, get my car washed. Uh-huh. Three, hall brawl with Josh. Four, hall brawl with Fessy. And five, ask TJ to borrow his Lambo. <laughs> um, okay, that's interesting. See, I was hoping for far more comedy, though. Those first couple. You know, I mean, it's a B minus joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I. I don't think it was necessarily meant. To be humorous as it was more meant to be like a threat, a threat. Yeah. And that's exact. I mean, that's exactly what it was. You were calling these two out publicly. Yeah. And what surprises me is that Fessy hasn't responded because how many times has Fessy called CT out for wanting to box him? I mean, he's multiple times has mentioned that he wants to see CT in the boxing ring, uh-huh. which I mean, I think we'd all know which way that would go. Um, but <laughs> I'm never, really su- CT is a freak. Like. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, CT would win. Oh no, I'm sorry. I got my money. I I I, I got my money on CT. Listen, I I would have to acknowledge I would be not surprised by either outcome because for all the obvious reasons, like Fessy is athletic. Okay, and- Swi- okay, Switzerland. No, this one I'm not. This one I, you have to admit that CT has is probably had a lot more fights under his belt. Yes, yeah, and he's still a big guy and all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. But as Fessy is also a big guy and is in shape, and so but 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 as you know, listen, man, I let's listen as you know, size a lot of times, you know, as the saying goes, big man fall hard. Uh-huh. Like 
I mean, sometimes. So you're saying that CT would destroy Fessy in a boxing match? I, 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 I listen. I, did you watch the? Did you watch the uh, the the, the pay per view fight that they did? Um, I only saw Twitter? like little clips on Instagram. Let's just put it this way: I was not necessarily impressed with anyone's technique in the ring. All right, and I'm just saying. I mean, listen, dude. You know, from knowing CT as long as we've known him, that guy's got experience. A lot of experience, you know outside of the ring in that capacity and i'm sorry man i i yeah I'm, I'm i'm taking him all day okay but let's but let's get back to what you're kind of getting at is like you basically anyone who's chirped at fessy in the last year or two fessy chirps back yeah but now that there's a man that's his size chirping at him we're kind of not hearing anything i have i mean am i missing something i haven't heard anything i i haven't heard anything back. It would, you know what I mean? And and that's surprising because, because Fessy, I mean, listen, dude, he's, he's got a lot of confidence in his ability. So you'd think that he'd kind of be out here, you know, giving it back. Right? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I feel like Fessy has been put in such like an unfair kind of corner because when he doesn't do anything, we make fun of him. When he does stuff, we make fun of him. And by we, I mean the internet. Um, and it's like, and he just, I don't know. He, what do you think? Should he say anything back? Yes, dude. Do you do you follow him? Everything, everything. Listen, and and like I said, listen. Fessy, I think, is that young, hungry, next generation of challenger that's coming up. Wants to prove himself, uh, and has put it out there multiple times about you know being the best in the game, and you know he's he's the next. And it's like, so that's the thing is, it's almost it's almost like in boxing. It's like in UFC. It's like, could you imagine? You know, this new young fighter, that's that's the whole thing. It's it's to like it's to be provocative and it's to sell tickets. It's like, could you imagine if like somebody chirped at Conor McGregor and he didn't respond? You know what I mean? I just feel like if you if that's what you've if that's what you put out there and that's what, and that's who you've become known as, and you're kind of like, you know, really like kind of puffing out your chest and being like, listen, I'm I'm the next, I'm the future. Uh, come at me. I'm the best here. And someone does come at you and you don't respond. I don't know, man. I just think, uh, well, who knows? Yeah. Hopefully, you know what? Hopefully if anything, they, he, you know, they hear this podcast and it, and it lights a fire under their ass. Yeah. What right? are, because now does he have to chirp because people like us are asking why he didn't chirp or cause now he's put in even more of a bad situation where like, <laughs> where we're again now forcing some sort of, yeah. and no matter what he does, you're going to judge him. Stirring the pot. Listen, Wes, what I'm doing is I'm stirring the pot from, from outside, from an outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got to keep it going, bro. We got to keep it going. And I don't disagree with doing that. I'm just, uh, I, I, I feel, I feel for this position that Fessy is in. You, you're, you are just such a humanitarian, Wes. Hey, um, what all right. I say? What do you got? I want to, I want to give, give me some lava. Okay. Wes. So I've had lava, really, really good lava that is now public knowledge, but I was the first person to find out and I kept it secret for a year and a half. And I'm glad that we can now disclose Ooh. it. Wow. Uh, so this is like, this is year and a half old lava. That's still hot. It's Well, it's now recently hot. It's incredibly <laughs> relevant to this episode and last episode. And people are like, where did this come from? But I've known about it for a very, very long time. I brought receipts. I, yes. have, I have some direct messages from Ashley Meltdown Mitchell. Well, I love a good artifact. Yeah. Okay. 
But I do have to acknowledge that the only the everything I'm going to disclose, the world now knows. But I, which is that Nelson and Ashley were fucking, and so I kept it quiet. Wait, what? I didn't know. This is the first I've heard of this. Well, we've known for a couple of weeks now, and you, this is what I wrote her. So you want to talk? Hey, hey, and for all the cast members out there, um, you know they say like what happens in Vegas stays there. What happens in Wes's text messages? end up on the death taxes and bananas podcast only now that it's public knowledge i have been sitting on this information for a year and a half waiting to tell because this is like the funniest direct message exchange jesus i'm gonna stop texting no more text messages between me and you i'm gonna call you from now on because i do not need our private text messages showing up on some other podcast But once it shows up on another podcast then i'll disclose the text messages that's a, just a rule that's why i get so much lava is i protect my lava with like a very serious amount of sanctity so well, i wrote ashley almost two years ago and i said this i just had a really good idea which is always a bad thing to start with me and i said now that you live next to nelson you should start fucking him he's hilarious he's hot he has friends out there that you could he could share with you, and then and he'll do whatever you say. And then she wrote back, "Oh my God, he's trying," which she thought was going to be. And then to prove that uh, she was try- that he was trying, she screenshotted some of their text messages, and she accidentally shared one where. Um, oh boy, Nelson! Wait, this is this is this is a text message now between um, uh, Ashley and Nelson. Yes, okay. and all she's okay. really trying to get across to me is like, oh yeah, he's trying. But inside of the text messages, there's proof where she acknowledges that he's not trying. He is, in fact, have been successful. So this has been going on for how long now? Um, a year and a half. So they've been a thing for a year and a half. They're bringing it on the challenge now. And Nelson then runs off and starts canoodling with with Berna. Well, what the series of events that I can't describe is this started before Double Agents, I think. And so how is it that they were able to go through that entire show and not have anything kind of be discussed? But then now it's being discussed on this season. Man. I don't, Wes. That is a great that that is that that is a great question that will probably plague brilliant minds for years to come. But I would watch a television show about them two courting each other. Yeah, and now and now, I mean, speaking of uh, 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 of tea and drama, I think now the uh, and now the tension between Berna and Ashley has got to be all time because now sh- she almost got eliminated. Or Berna went into elimination, Ashley Wander gone, and now she's back in the house. Yeah. It, leave it up to Ashley to pick out like a full-fledged rivalry against a German circus animal. Like, like what you can't even make this stuff up. One more thing on on, on the just real quick on the uh, on the hookup front, we got uh Michelle and Emmanuel. Uh-huh. Um, and she's saying in the beginning that what that he's like a diamond that she wants to polish. Yeah. Well, she says in episode one, something along the lines of like, she's got really bad taste in men and she can't help but fall for the wrong guys for all the wrong okay. reasons or something like that. So we're not, uh, we're, we're, we shouldn't as viewers be all that surprised, but here she is trying to fix another man. Um, you like, if you were single, she'd be out there trying to get with you too. And um, you know, what she needs to fix is that haircut of his. Listen, My goodness. The thing about it is that's that's not the first time that haircut has been worn on the it's challenge. Not. 
he's giving me he's giving me Jordan vibes. Yeah, they're very very similar in mannerisms and haircuts and tattoos. Um, I'm getting some real doppelganger vibes. And so it's like MTV's like, oh, well, Wes can't be on, put in Tommy. It's like, oh, Jordan can't be on, put on Emmanuel. Like, who's my replacement? Who have they replaced me with? Ed. Ed is my replacement. Uh, it's the closest I can come up with. I don't know. I don't what, know what do you, who do you think? Josh? <laughs> That's a stretch. I don't know. Josh? Uh, I'd say Gabo. Oh, Gabo. <laughs> <laughs> Like no more bananas. Let's let's get this Warsaw Warsaw Shore guy. Um, is is this is this uh, is this beef between um, Amanda and Tori? Is this going to have any legs or what? Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think that um, there are things that Tori does that make people feel like she's fake. Um, I don't know her well enough to know if that's true or not, but I've had a, I've seen a lot of people, including on this episode. So Tasha basically calls her fake, as does other people, um, and so I feel like. Amanda ferrets out fake people like she hates fake people and so I I see Amanda going at Tori and that to continue okay but are they doing anything online because I saw something that I, online which I couldn't I didn't understand like Amanda said I didn't either that's what I was that's kind of what I was referencing um on Twitter Tori called her Krabby Patties and Squidward yeah. I don't know I have no idea what that means is because is that a Spongebob reference Buddy, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I think that's her way. I think that was Tori's way of like responding, but almost making her response so confusing that <laughs> everyone's like, it just kind of deaded the, uh, the, the the beef right there. I, I think that here's what I think. I think Tori wants, uh, she doesn't want to smoke, dude. I think she tries as hard as she can to stay out of it. But like you said, somehow she keeps finding herself. Yeah. You know. Well, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want Amanda smoking at me. That's like 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 poor Jenna has been getting her getting attacked by Amanda for like six years, and we have no idea. Like, like there's this this bomb that has been waiting to go off. It's been years in the making, and any time that Jenna like starts to move on with her life, Amanda will pop up and like scare her into things again. So it's like poor, poor Jenna's going through like PTSD because of this Amanda woman. So I wouldn't want Amanda on my bad side. I gotta say, man, like Amanda really came into this season. Like she's, I mean, you'd think it was like, oh, you know, she's a mom now. She might come in. She might like, you know, just chill out a little bit. Nope. I mean, she came in, dude, on full tilt, bro. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch how, how the rest of that plays out. I'm, I'm here for it. I really am. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm an Amanda fan, and, uh, and so therefore, I'm enjoying this her run thus far. But I could use some more Amanda time, uh, like some more. Like I didn't see much of her today. I'm, I'm surprised. And with her and Kyle as a team, like I'm surprised that they're not highlighting that team more. I think that I'm hoping that the reason they're not highlighting them more is because there's a lot more to show from them later down the road. And they don't want to fatigue us as the viewers with storyline that they use are going to use a lot. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. So biggest rookie to watch. Who do you got? Um, I mean, this Coriel guy is pretty interesting. And I think that he, I think that he's very much so more aware of the game and what's going on. I think that he's, I think that he stands 
potential to be fluent in challenge. And okay. he also appears, tell me if I'm wrong, but he uh, looks pretty big. And no, he's, yeah. The problem is, here's the only problem I feel like with him is I almost feel like he's almost resigned to the fact that it's like, I've been called in. I'm going to be targeted. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and once that's the mentality you have, it's almost like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with Ed up to this point as the most impressive rookie. I think him coming in uh, was a bit unexpected. I think it was a bit of a letdown um, because it was like, oh, we've got your replacement, Nam's replacement. They never even explained why Nam was gone, but yeah. we got your replacement. It's Ed. And everyone's like, what the fuck? But I think Ed has been a, I think he's been a great addition to the show, man. I think uh, I'm excited to see where this guy goes from Agreed. here. What do you think about Michelle? Because I think that on the female side, that's a good, yeah. she's a good, um, she seems to get it. And, she's fearless, dude. Yeah. That survivor, I think the survivor kids are cut from a different cloth, man. Um, and I think, again, she's kind of in the same regard where it's like she just owns it. It's like if I got to, listen, I know I'm going to go in. I I, I got to go and I'm going to, and dude, she Competed the entire challenge with like her nose cut in half, which was which was pretty in, intense, man. Yeah, I'm um, not sure. I'm not sure about her taste in men. I think she's got. A, I think that th that might need to be calibrated a tiny bit. But yeah, um, best and worst strategy up to this point. Who would you say? Who would you say has got a good strategy, and who do you say is just? You know, this whole like Devin and Josh organizing like two kind of cohorts of the house together to make this one like mega alliance is pretty well orchestrated. And I think that it really very much so needed them two to get along on a very big level. Otherwise it wouldn't have worked because yeah. Devin's got his people. Josh has got his people and they, because they came together in the off season, it was plausible for Coke and Pepsi to collude. But if they hadn't, then it would have been impossible. And then it would have been, I don't know the numbers, but like 16 versus six versus six. Um, and then it would have been the, then the rookies would totally take over. So you got to give Josh and Devin some credit here. All right. Well, but, but people need to stop drawing comparisons to what they have done and what, and what we did. It's very different. It's child's play compared to what we did. Um, it's, it's almost insulting. Yeah. I'm insulted. Cause you and I came together just for you and I's best interest and they came together and brought tons of people. In. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of reasons why, why it's different. There should never be any comparisons, yeah. but yes, fair to say. Um, and then I guess, uh, lastly, well, who um, do you think's the worst strategy then? Who's showing, who's showcasing the worst strategy? I just feel like, and I, and I hate to paint it with a broad brush, but I feel like just the big brother people in general, mm -hmm. you know, they say like the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. I just feel like you need, you need to a spread the blame out a, a little more. If this is a veteran Alliance, if we're all vets here, we're all playing, then make everyone take ownership of it. Cause right now it appears that it's like Josh Fessy, like Tori, and it's like all the other vets are just kind of sitting back like and letting CT. them. Oh, dude, he is CT, just listen. He's playing. He's putting on a master class, dude. Once again, I know because he hasn't even been shown in a single a <laughs> no. single conversation. But that's how he wants it. That's you know that's how he operates. I, I, dude. I get it, but it's like how do these people not see that he does that over and over and over again? I don't know if you caught it, but in the very first episode with uh, was it what, what was it Michaela? What was uh, Michaela? Right? Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but. That there was a little scene. I think it was her and him. And you know what he does? Now he just plants a seed. 
Yeah. He'll he'll throw a name out there, right? Make it sound like he it came from somewhere else, so it's not on him. But as soon as you then repeat that name, you have ownership of it and he doesn't. Um but that's what I said. I said this last, I think the last episode that we did or the first episode, I said the people who are playing the best games are the ones you haven't heard from yet because they're letting everybody else have the spotlight. And he's uh, once again proven, man, why he's uh, why he's a dangerous, a dangerous player, dude. So yeah, um, I know we, we only let him get a, like, we used to make him target number one right from the beginning. We would pull every trick in the book to get him sent in. And even then we knew it was a long shot. And then we only let him skate by there for a couple of seasons just because he got so fat. And, yeah. and so now they've forgotten what without guys like us that were there to be like, no, you got to go after CT from day one throughout the entire time. Or you're going to end up with a problem on your hands. Oh, or like last season, how about that? The first nomination that we did, because he's he is notorious for in 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 nominations, yeah. not saying a word, right? <laughs> letting everybody else say, I see it in this too. He's just kind of sitting there and letting everybody else, you know, just keep on putting rope out to hang themselves with. But last season, or a total madness, it was like, all right, CT, you kick it off here. Um, I think that at this point, the balance now has tipped in the vets favor and now the vets outnumber the rookies. And I mean, I feel like it's just going to be a shooting gallery at this point. And they're just, I I think it's, I think it's too late. And, and as many, as many times as we see this happen and you're always like, why don't the rookies band together? It's not that easy because it's like, as a rookie, you're sitting there and you just want to, you just want anybody to like take you under their wing and, 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 and give you guidance, which is, what you've managed to master over the years. <laughs> and by the time you, as a rookie, you realize, holy shit, we need to band together. It, it, it's already too late. Right. So, well, listen, Wes, I just, once again, man, I just want to thank you for stopping by the death taxes and bananas podcast where the tea flows like wine and the guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. Thanks for stopping by Wes. Bye. Bye.